Welcome to Interscription. It is factual that mobile gaming is still gaming, and this week we're playing with words in a whole new light as Rich and I trade mobile word games live. Marvel fatigue also continues to be real, and a not-so-gentle reminder that iMessage is just better and your faith is just not strong enough. Thanks for staying on this road with us. Not going to call it limping, but I'm not going to say we're exactly like rolling into this podcast like Baby New Year either. Okay, okay. You're you're saying like quap, if you will, like like trying to animate individual limbs from using just your keyboard to move through a race and over to the finish line, is what you're saying. We are quapping over the starting line of this podcast. We are quapping, and that's actually, we're doing a um, office Olympics for Thanksgiving party in a week, mm. and right. that might be a good one. You know, we're going to do a typing contest as one of the events, but maybe having a, a quapping kind of, because we've got chair races, um, a coffee mug relay, which will be filled with actual water rather than nothing like what actors use. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we were trying to come up with some other things, you know, rubber band archery and different events. But a co-op, well, we are doing beer pong, um, brass pong, okay. actually. Okay. So that'll be good. Can, can I offer that you should get laser-sided Nerf gun pistols and um, do aerial eraser shots so grabbing an eraser off of a dry erase board throw it up in the air and using the laser sight to shoot it out of the air i like it uh, i have no notes okay that sounds Great. absolutely perfect yep that that's pretty good okay i like that one i uh I've done that one. That one's fun. Those all sound great. Um, are, are, is there going to be a live stream? Are we going to be able to like watch it anywhere? Yeah, I maybe. You know, we've gotten pretty good with a um, little bit of social media and kind of. Right now, we're doing a um, hand turkey con- contest. Because hmm. you know, I have this thing. You go on some law firm websites, and it's meet the team, and they've got like everybody down to the mail clerk, like with photos and, you know, group things. And, uh, you know, I work with people that have some disabilities, have some mental health issues. And I've always been a little gun shy at asking my staff to put their pictures and full names on our site. Like I just, I don't want anybody to get internet stalked, but there's something useful about knowing who you're working with or knowing something about the people that you're working with. And so, the um, hand turkey contest kind of gives us a, an opportunity to do that without, you know, the kind of invasiveness. So, you know, we can say, you know, and this is Anna's um, Rick and Morty turkey, and she chose Rick and Morty because she's a terrible human being. Enjoy yeah. working with her, or right. you know, whatever. I think there's a there's a turkey swift um, being. No, done. no, that's the terrible person. Whoever yeah, that I, is. <laughs> So many choices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. Like that, that's a whole podcast by itself. But yeah, I am doing the Keytarkey. It was a turkey playing the guitar decked out in 80s fonts and fake pleather red jackets. And 
Okay. Some, some helmets and kind okay. of going like leaning into that vintage turkey. So. Okay. Okay. I, I understand say. where you're going with that and why you would do that. That's all right. Kitarki. Um, and yeah, so there's like a wide variety and it'll be good. And people will learn, you know, that we're not actually a serious law firm. And if you want a law firm, you should go somewhere else. That's right. That's right. Go meet the mail clerk down the, down the internet highway. But um, yeah, I, so a lot of them are done. Uh, some of them are not. And uh, there are a couple that are like really, uh, one of my employees did, um, instead of doing like the, the hand for the turkey, did like kind of like a horns, but turned mm-hmm. it into like a roast turkey with the way she traced her hand. And ah, then nice. on top of the paper plate, built an oven and created like a window with scotch tape in the office so that it like looks like the ov- like the turkey is roasting in the oven. Nice. So with like that level of intensity, one of my employees came by and like, you know, these people are all really creative and, you know, mine's just a hand turkey that's colored in. It's like, I don't know. I I just feel like mine's childish. Said, so, but these are hand turkeys. Like They're, said unironically yes, about something going. that we do in kindergarten. And like, yes, yes, they are all in fact childish. Like, why are you negging on yourself about your fucking paper hand turkey? Yeah, you uh, you are uh, understanding the assignment. It is it is for children. Yeah. Anyway, I am very behind on work, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, that's weird. I uh, I don't know. We'll have to hire some people. Do <laughs> somebody's got to do something. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> also, we're out of paper plates. I don't know what's going on. It's panic, panic everywhere. That's something. Yes, yes. We're. Uh, I, I wonder. We haven't. You and I haven't actually talked offline yet about how we're going to be doing uh, podcasting in the week of Thanksgiving. But um, I'm sure we'll find a way to tackle that in some sort of festive holiday fashion, uh, perhaps. But since this is the the podcast leading up to. Uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, um, we're excited about uh, pulling together some some fixins. I believe that I'm going to farm out the turkey this year. I'm not. I'm going to uh, just make that somebody else's problem. Um, all the sides, fixins, and all that, all done at home. Yep. We're going to get some real cool stuff going on. But I think we're going to do that. I think um, modest amount of folks at the house this year, and we're just going to find somebody who wants to make turkey, cut turkey, and put it together in a nice big platter, and I can bring it home, and I can heat it up in the oven, and move along. Uh, that is what I'm deciding. I, I support that so strongly. We've actually been on that plan for the past two or three years now, where we get our turkey pre-carved from Wegmans, and so it's like mm. a platter of turkey breast and dark meat and light meat. And then the things that we actually like and care about, like we do at home. But you know, when you think like I've had some, I've had some good turkeys, and mm-hmm. you know, people get all kinds of into their their deep fried turkey, their smoked turkey, their you know salt brined, you know, their broth, like all sorts of different methods and approaches. But at the end of the day, you get that skin off, and it's still turkey, right? Like it's still turkey. It doesn't matter, like. Even the best turkey is never going to transcend being a turkey. Like it'll be the gravy you put on, it'll be the potatoes or the beans or the sauce next to it. Like something else is going to be what makes that a special dish. And so, yeah, it's also the biggest pain in the ass of all the things. It takes up the whole oven, it takes forever to do. So, farm out the turkey. I'm for it. Farm out the turkey. 
Yeah, the last one I did, which was a couple of years back, um, I decided because I am that way where I'm just like so pissed off that the turkey just isn't magical, no matter what you do to it, is I actually did a bacon wrapped turkey. I, uh, I threw many slabs of bacon on top of the turkey and just let it sit there and bacon goodness so that it was bacon flavored turkey. And that was pretty good. It was pretty good. Like for all of the work that that required though it was really like i, I looked at it and i was like i just don't see me doing this again <laughs> like i don't like i i'm i had done the farm out the turkey thing uh, in uh, you know other thanksgivings prior and i i was so happy with that decision and i'm just gonna go back i mean i think that's the the answer the answer for us all um so has is there any evolved favorite fixings this year for Thanksgiving uh, at the Casa? Is there one that is being requested the most or one of the most that must happen? I so I think there's two really that you know I haven't had in a couple of years. I've got a um, stuffing that has a sausage base to it, um, mm. either Italian hot sausage or you can use chorizo. And it's very good and particularly salient because it is better as a dish on its own rather than made in the turkey. And so if you're Mm -hmm. not making the turkey, that kind of opens up what you're going to do. So I think I want to tackle that because that's like just great meal on its own. Um, Always hitting on the cranberry sauce. Um, Stuff does a really good one, has just a touch of vodka in it, I think, to kind of kick it up and make sure the kids go to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I might actually tackle a good, like, real kind of grown-up mac and cheese. Mm, Fuck yeah, dude, with the mac and cheese. That's it. The crunchy, breadcrummy bits all over it and, you know, have enough of that creamy underlayer that the kids will still eat it, but kind of elevate that. Yep. So I, I think that's kind of my hit list for this year. Nice. Nice. I think I said last year that I wanted the um, sweet potato fluff. I love sweet potato fluff yep. with all the butter and m- marshmallows and gooey goodness. Um, this year, also going to add in uh, pumpkin pie, a homemade pumpkin pie, uh, like from scratch pumpkin pie. And, uh, and then possibly even tackle in um, some banana pudding. Uh, so I think uh, it'll be very sweet heavy this year for me in terms of sides, but that's what the hell I'm going to do. Love it. It's going to make it happen. It'll be good. And the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, does that get tuned into at your house in the morning? Is that like a, like an annual tradition to have that playing? Or do the kids care about it? Do you care about it? Does Steph care about it? Does anybody care about it? Not a, a whole lot of people. Um care about it in our house but you know my my mom likes it we're gonna be up there this year and uh you know it's something that we generally just kind of have on uh you know her her big one is always the um the um mummers parade for new year's day in philly like that's the one that she really loves and you know that's appropriate because it's actually a parade full of people dressed as turkeys Hmm. Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's usually kind of on in the background and, uh, you know, my crew, you know, Thanksgiving day is a big football day too. So there's like, it is like one of those days that as much as we try not to do this generally, like the TV's just sort of running on its own throughout, you know, the festivities and just kind of going and doing its thing. So yeah, catch the parade, catch some football and try to keep the kids as unplugged as possible. Mm-hmm. 
So then might I segue to if you're not watching the big screen, then perhaps you could be persuaded to the small screen and play a mobile game by the name of Gubbins. Gubbins? Gubbins. It's like Gibbons or the giblets, but it's okay. Tell me about it. But it's like that. Yes, it is a... I'll do a poor job of explaining it, but it is a kind of wordiment Scrabble-like sort of mobile game uh, where you are given a set of tiles and um, you can actually sort of see them stacked maybe four or five deep, like layers of tiles that you have similar to Scrabble, except not just one plane, but, you know, four or five planes deep. And you are attempting to form words on a board um, and you are getting scored based on how many words you can make. The twist to it is that you will get random tiles. You will get good gubbins and you'll get bad gubbins and good gubbins might be something like, Hey, we'll just add an ING to just about any word. If you just want to drop this on the, on the, on the playing field, we'll give you an ING and you can just smack it on the end of a, instead of spring, it'll be springing or, you know, whatever. Um, and so, uh, and a bad gubbin might be, hey, we're going to throw this on the field, but that means we're going to freeze some of these tiles so you can't move them around or we'll, you know, we'll lock certain letters that won't be allowed to be moved or changed around on the board. Um, and you just roll as long as you can until you, you are out of letters, out of words, and then you get scored for the day. Um, I, I think the gameplay moment to moment is just you know, more than fine. It's, it's a good, you know, in terms of one of those kinds of, you know, scrabbly sorts of games, you know, word, word games where you're just having tiles that you're trying to slam on the, on the, on the board to, 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 you know, make as many words as possible, but the animation and the style, like just the straight up style of this game. So fun. So fun. It is addicting. It is like these, all the gubbins are like these weird sort of like cartoon characters that have like, I don't know, like silly, like, like there's like a trumpet with feet that's got like weird fingers coming out of its something. It's a, it's a very weird kind of shaped thing that'll just like, um, that is one of the gubbins that you can put on the thing. But also sometimes while you're playing one of them, instead of being in a tile, will just actually be fully animated on the screen and it'll just run across the screen and go blank. And then it'll run away. It'll make some weird sound. It's, it is a really neat and just well rendered well like fun inviting version of this like it's just very like it has this cool kind of retro throwback art style like 70s animation almost like where everything's like you know um more muted but primary colors and you know like lots of hard lines cell shaded lines and stuff and uh great great little music soundtrack that goes with it um so gubbins free game ios and android um lots of fun i actually uh also always want to give a shout out whenever this happens um i you know i have the uh the galaxy fold 5 and on the cover screen how the cover screen is a little bit narrower and i will notice things that aren't like you know super crazy like developed like the weather channel app or you know something that has ridiculous amounts of development behind it and it's you know more indie folks and whatever um you know they aren't always going to create the game with a z fold 5's cover screen in mind right so sometimes things will be squished or cut off or whatever right um and so they have a (laughs) when you go in the help uh, section of the app there's a 
there's an option which is just you know contact developers but it's instead of contact developers it says say hi so you click on say hi and it launches your email and you send an email off to the gubbins developers and so i yeah i played a match or two and then i actually sent them an email um and just said hey love the game this is really super cool i've got a z fold 5 i noticed on the exterior screen that you know things are a little bit cut off with some of the letters um don't know if you guys are aware thanks so much for developing a killer game hope you're you know Hope you have a great day. And they sent an email back, actually, the director of the game, Darcy something or other. Um, uh, she actually wrote back and said, hey, thanks so much for the email. We are aware that, you know, some of the the flips and foldables don't, uh, don't have that uh, uh, formatted right. We have a patch coming out next week. Hope you enjoy the game in the meantime. And uh, so, like, love when the developers get to have that touch of, you know, I mean, because they're inviting it, right? Like, they are, yeah. they have a link right in there to, to have you talk to them. So, um Shout out to that, but Gubbins, G-U-B-B-I-N-S, Gubbins is the game. You should uh, definitely check it out. I love it, and I'm so happy that you came up with this. Because I realized, yeah, I mean, before we went on the air, I said, you know, I've just had a hell week at work and haven't really been playing much. But I realized, uh, you know, I have been doing some mindless stuff on my phone, and um, I've been on a word and card game kick. Nice. And so... I'm going to give you a very quick uh, impromptu kind of rundown because um, I've kind of burnt through the board games. I didn't see this one. And um, also big shout out, like it is free there in app purchases. I'm looking at least on Apple and I'm sure it tracks on Android is it's a $6 purchase for infinite play. I'm assuming like there's either ads or you run out of stuff. And so it's like just six bucks and unlock the whole game. And I fucking love that model. Like I love when you're not like, stuck in this world of microtransactions like the candy crush model that's just like it never ends and i yeah. happen on one called um words collide which sounds words collide very much like a modestly less fun were version of gubbins um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because i mean basically you're like taking a slate of letters moving them around to make words and in cooperative mode um, all of the tiles that you've used stay on the strip. So by the time you're like five turns in, it's like, you know, 40 or 50 characters and you can make as big words and as many as you can. And they'll cascade or, you know, if there's words inside of words, you can like stack them up. And so bigger words are good. But also if you have like a word that's in the middle of the tiles, once you've spelled the word, it'll pick that word up and put it at the end. And if that then makes another word with, you know, the last few characters of what it jumped over, you'll get a bonus for cascading. And so you can create like these big chain reactions of just getting like thousands of points if you really kind of like play it right. This seems That's to rad. have like some of that DNA in it, which is very good. And I kind of just finished pouring through that. Um, so shout out to that game. Um, the other word game is Alpha Bear. Alpha Bear, okay. I'm, I'm sorry to keep picking up my phone during our uh, podcast, nope, but Words Collide is on Android. And I just added Words Collide and Alpha Bear, it's called. Yeah, I'm making sure that so. Yes, it Alpha was Bear. Alpha Bear and Alpha Bear 2 is on Google Play and um, on iPhone. So this one is kind of like a boggle game, and you collect bears, and it's. Very cutesy, although I sent you the screenshot of like the one bear with like the 
swastika word that it was suggesting I spell because it's just like got the whole <laughs> Merriam-Webster in it. Um, but the idea is like you're on a board and there are letter tiles and you're building words based on those tiles. And so like, you know, just by like clicking, so the tiles are like all scattered over the board and you want to clear as many of them as you can. And each tile is given a score, but that score is also how many turns they're going to stay on the board. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you have like a one, it's going to start flashing red. And if you don't use that specific tile in that turn, it's going to turn into a block and keep your bears from getting any bigger. And you get a bonus based on how big your bears are and your bears expand to whatever size they can get to. So okay. if you manage to clear the whole board without having any red tiles, you make a big bear and then you get a big bear reward. And so you get extra um, honey or different things. Um, very interesting conceptual thing in this game. Um, it uses honeycombs and each board you play is 25 um, <laughs> honeycombs. So that's six boards if you have 150 honeycombs. And every day you get 150 and they slowly regain as you're playing. Some challenges will give you you know, an extra 15, but you actually can't buy more honey. They don't let you do it and they've taken a stance that if you could play this game like so many games infinitely, People are going to be addicted. People are going to misuse it and just like use it in an unhealthy way. You know, you can, I think they let you like watch ads or if you bought it, like you get like three boosts of 50. So you can do a total of, I think, 10 rounds in a day. And that's it. Like you cannot play this game more than that in a day. Like they, 10 boards is enough. Come back tomorrow. And I think that's really interesting that that's not an in-app purchase that you're allowed to get. And, you know, it has to be like an interesting moral decision for them because that is the fucking juice, right? That is the microtransactions. But, but I just want one more go. Like that's where somebody would put their 99 cents up there and pay for another, you know, 25 honey so they could do one more board. So whether or not we need them to be school marms about what the fuck we're doing with our time or not, I thought it was an interesting decision for a developer to do that. Um, Final thought on that, like the bears themselves give you different boosts. So each round you can pick up to three bears and you can unlock them and level them up kind of Pokemon style. So one might give you two hints on six letter words that you can build with the available tiles or bonuses for words that end with S or banning J, V, Q, and Z on a board so they won't spawn. So like Mm. depending on the, or a 10 second boost in a timed board. And so like you can do different things or locking tiles so you can get an extra turn or two with red flashing ones. So you can kind of pick bears and apply strategy. So that one is neat and I think probably cooler and closer to Gibbons. So that is what I've been doing with my time instead of real gaming. Yeah, I'm looking at, so Alpha Bear 1 actually got pulled off of the both app stores in 2019. Probably so, too much Nazi um, stuff. Would be I, my imagine. Guess. I imagine. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I don't know about Alphabet 2 because it says download it for Android and iOS, but when I click on the Android one, I can't find it and I can't find it in the store. Hmm. Um, iOS still seems to be up, so I don't know what's up with that. It does seem like they have PC versions of all these, those, um, including like Steam Deck compatibility for Alphabet 1. That's um, cool. Yeah, so that might be the way to go and get in there. Um, seems like a very cool handheld thing to, to, to play with on Steam, I would think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like this was, I mean, Alphabet 2 was put up in 2018, so they might have just pulled one down at that time. Yeah, but, that's possible. Yeah, I'm just, that was interesting about the Android version, but I don't yeah. know. But maybe it's just a temporary thing too, but I'll, I'll look at that after the pod. That's uh, those, cool, those both sound pretty awesome, yeah. I do, I, it's been a little while. I've been trying to find the next, my next addiction, not addiction, definitely addiction for uh you know mobile gaming you know something that i can just pop out you know play for a couple of minutes in between you know server reboots or whatever the hell during my day and then put it away but i just haven't had anything that's grabbed me like that and gubbins felt really good for that um i'll definitely be uh playing with words collide now too and see how that goes um and kind of dumping into that as well um <coughs> excuse me i there is a uh uh, one quick uh, shout out for TV stuff. Um, it's probably been a few things, but there was just the one that I wanted to kind of jump into. Oh, I should mention a um, bit of Marvel stuff. Went to go see The Marvels, the new The Marvels movie. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. Like, it, how did you feel about Captain Marvel as a character? Like, when back in the day? Where were you on the whole Captain Marvel thing? I sort of missed out on Captain Marvel. Uh, it was never a character that gripped me or that I was particularly aware of. Hmm. Um, you know, I think it was kind of like a DC slash, you know, sort of like secondary, you know, Green Lantern kind of just not really on my periphery that much. So I was fairly fresh in just reading up to it with like as they were coming to the first movie hmm. um but i my general feeling is always the same with superheroes superheroes without any apparent flaws always irk me you know i'm like mm -hmm. full-on team no superman like i'm mm -hmm. i think that's garbage uh, you know give me iron man Hulk, you know, so many, I mean, anybody from, um, you know, Daredevil or that part of the universe, like I'm all for soups being fucking soups and mm -hmm. being way overpowered in their ways. But, you know, like Hulk is going to smash tanks and throw things thousands of miles. And especially in the comics can like jump beside Superman, like go up into the atmosphere if he really has to. But he also changes back into Bruce, right? Like mm. he's not just Hulk all the time. And they kind of played with that in the one Avengers where he was kind of like smart Hulk and had finally like integrated, but he doesn't usually like traditionally Hulk doesn't have the smarts, you know, he's got two ways of handling things. He's either going to be a human being that is fragile and scientific and planning, or he's going to Hulk out. That's like kind of a whole meme is hulking out mm. because mm. he's just going to rage and just smash whatever he has. And that is the weakness, right? Like with that strength, that's the trade-off that mm. you get. Mm. And so, 
for me, I think Captain Marvel falls into that Superman problem. You know, there's no real yeah. apparent weaknesses, and she's she is a Boy Scout and uh, you know Air Force pilot. Like, you know, it makes Captain America more interesting character as an only modestly super guy because he's still effectively human and can get his ass beat down. And he was always very uninteresting just because of how Cub Scout good he is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it never really grabbed me. And the first movie didn't knock my socks off. I I think Brie Larson is an amazing actor. Like I think she's got a lot of chops, a lot of range. We're watching um, on Netflix, Lessons in Chemistry right now. Mm-hmm. And she's really fucking good in that like she's got an ability to step into different roles and it's not just always Brie and something else in the way sometimes certain actors and actresses can just kind of like they're just them playing another role because they're a big marquee person and you know I like that she shows up for work and I think some of the Captain Marvel stuff is how she's written mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I like I, I don't want to like drag too much on that like I'm not sure that someone else in that role could have done better with it unless they just had a better agent that could do some rewrites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, my and or, spiel, yeah. Yeah, and or the actor being like, you know, like a Jack Nicholson type that just sorts of riffs on ideas and makes the character more their own, you know, than what's on the page, which I just don't think she does. I, I'm not saying that that's something she can't do, but maybe she's just not of that ilk. Like she might just be, you know, like a studio musician, like you give her the script, she does the script, she does it well, she's out, right? Like maybe that's how she does. And in that way, maybe she's good for some roles and not for others. And maybe there just isn't anything on the page for this character. I will say largely, you know, I do like the Marvel stuff quite a bit. I I have often said that from the kind of beginning of the Avengers all the way through to like Endgame was sort of my Avengers, (laughs) my okay boomer Avengers. Um, So like, Mm. I, I feel like that is... And everything after that has been, you know, we've talked about it on the pod before, a little bit more homeworky and a little bit more, you know, difficult to kind of slog through. This was fine, um, but I did find myself like finding her to be the most milk toast, maybe out of everybody. Like, and it's tough because you're right. You'd take Captain America, you'd think he's the Boy Scout, he's boring, he's nothing. But like, they added a lot of depth to that character where there could be, where he just sort of, you know, went kind of anti-establishment because he he believed in a certain kind of America, and you know, Shield slash. Uh, Hydra did believed in a different one and you know whatever um but I, I thought his character at least got interesting and I thought he did a great job right like uh one of the Chris's he's one of the Chris's is he one of the yeah, Chris's yeah yeah one of the Chris's yeah. for sure yes um and uh you know he I just felt like he he found depth where maybe there wasn't necessarily some like I thought he was good for that role I think he did a good job with what he was given and what that had I don't know that I see any of that with Brie Larson at all. I there's like one or two moments in both in any of the Avengers stuff in her movie and in this where I really thought she did anything more than just I don't know just not, there was not a lot of flavor there. I think it's particularly contrasted with uh, Miss Marvel is also in this same movie and I loved out of all the homework I've had to do over the past couple of years in Marveldom I loved Miss Marvel I thought that was a great character well written super fresh um, you know a lot of really cool 
uh, cultural reference and and uh, a lot of a lot of great stuff with the like kind of uh, animation that they did with the kind of looked like uh, you know kid scribbles that would happen in you know like backgrounds and stuff like I thought there was just so much cool fun exciting flavor to that show and a lot of it is on the actress that played her I think it was Miss Marvel actress I uh, don't have that in front of me. I don't want to. Yeah, uh, I mean, she, she did not have a huge pedigree before that role. So, yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, yeah, Iman Vellani. So, um, so yeah, she's um, uh, she's absolutely outstanding in that as Kamala Khan, and she does a great job here. Her contrast, her flavor profile, um, just as a spoiler alert for anybody who gives a shit about what I'm doing tonight, I'm actually making chili with rice tonight. And uh, all of the flavors in the chili, none of it's in the rice. And <laughs> I would oh, like to no. say that, <laughs> that uh, uh, specifically in the in the Miss, in the Miss Marvel versus Captain Marvel mix, somebody is rice and somebody is chili. And I'm going to tell you right now, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is very much the flavorless white rice. <laughs> That's it just, I mean, as like, just she's not doing a bad job. She's just not doing much of any job to me. Like I just felt so ugh. like, it just feels like she's just, like you said, it's very like, there's just not a lot of texture there. This is just, this is just Superman in a different, you know, universe, right? Like it's just somebody that could not be any more, you know, by rote uh, character. I, they try to add just a little bit of texture with her, with her best friend pilot, and then her best friend pilot's daughter, who eventually becomes, you know, another character here. Um, and I just, I don't know, none of it stuck for me at all, especially with the like punchy, fun, plucky flavor that you get out of Miss Marvel. Like, I just, the Captain Marvel stuff falls even flatter when you have somebody else on screen who's having fun and is, you know, magnetic and interesting to, to listen to and you know it's, it's just having a good time on screen um so anyway movie was fine i'm not gonna say it's you know the marvels have a floor like they don't usually dip to like they're not risky enough to really get super crazy um so uh i did i did enjoy it it was fine there was a stinger and the reason that i bring this around there was a stinger that is pretty big that is pretty big um and it is something a lot of people have been asking for from Marvel in general. I don't think it's a fair stretch to say there's not too many Marvel properties that Disney has not acquired until recently. And there's a pretty big one that they finally got a hold of. And so the stinger actually does nod towards that. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. That's a big, that's a lot of big checks to cash all of a sudden that I think they're going to try to get into. Uh, maybe we can talk about it a little bit more off air, but because it, it, it's just such a fresh movie, I don't want to spoil too much there. But it is uh, it is pretty insane that they might be going in a very different direction all of a sudden um, and what they're implying. I, I think um, I have, I also did just finish Secret Invasion uh, this week. Did you ever get to Secret Invasion on Disney Plus? I, I don't know didn't. if you got to that one. Uh, I, I have like a secret aversion. Like I keep finishing Marvel and Star Wars properties and then Disney Plus keeps saying, well, you know, if you've watched all of those, you probably should watch this one too. I think they put it in different terms. Like, you know, if you love yeah. that, you'll no. love this. But, yeah. but let's be honest. Like, that's what they're saying. And I don't know why. Like, I just, I can't bring myself to click on it. And I don't know if it's just like that sense that, 
I've reached the end of the internet and it's probably time for me to turn back. Or mm. if maybe it's some sort of like FOMO where, well, if I watch that, then I've literally watched everything they've got. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I should probably, maybe. Yeah, we just finished it this week. It's only six episodes, so it's really just not a lot of your time. Um, and they're not even necessarily all hour long. Um, some good acting in there, for sure. Um, not all of it, but it, uh, some 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 of it's a little bit more pedestrian. But uh, but yeah, six episodes, why not? You've done all the others. You should do this one, too. Yep. That's, that's um, what they told me. That's what they told you. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where else are you going to go is what they're saying. Um, anyway, fine. It was more than fine. Not exceptional. I really, most of these TV shows, with the exception of maybe Miss Marvel, have, have really been anything I'd call exceptional. But uh, it was fine. We just finished that. It was an interesting re- thing to bring up, just because the Marvels has a lot of Nick Fury stuff, and so does Secret Invasion. So it's been a lot of Nick Fury lately. Um, I will say now that I think more directly that maybe, maybe that's enough on the Nick Fury. Like I, don't, I don't think that that was ever mm-hmm. a character that I needed. He never got his own movie, and that's fine. He didn't need his own series. He really, like, he's just sort of like the guy just pulling the strings and moving everybody around. I didn't need this much Nick Fury and anything. Um, And so, like, I feel like that, you know, is probably where you sort of see the holes but um but anyway it was that that was fine but they, they were kind of like companion pieces in some weird way um a lot about the scroll a lot about him and that both of those things come up in both of those uh properties so um but anyway the marvels was fine it was absolutely absolutely fine i, I was uh, happy to go have some popcorn and, and watch yeah. it but uh, uh it feels yeah. like yeah you know, definitely um Definitely going to wait for you know home streaming on that. Uh, also, keep seeing ads for the creator on various streaming services, and probably going to have to acquire that because it's unusually a movie that's being pimped on different services only for purchase at twenty dollars, and it's not actually on any services. And so, like, it's interesting that they're marketing so heavily, like on Apple TV and Google TV, to like get people to buy that movie and to. Uh, obviously, I don't believe in that. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to cap out the section, and then I know we need to take a little bit of a, a break um, before we come back on the newsy side. Uh, since we're talking Marvel stuff, I finished Loki this week. Ah, I haven't even started that for the second. Se- I did the first season, of course, but not the second. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we'll probably have to change. Uh, I think that's also six or seven episodes. So, okay. very fair. Really enjoyed it. Like, I really thought it was a well put together plot for what it was and it feels like it's setting up a whole lot of stuff that they probably had to walk back when they canceled Kang Ah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that kind of fits into their role of the multiverse since that series is very much about the multiverse itself and you know all of the different threads of you know universes splitting off all the time is there a reason you didn't say Kang sold? Because I feel like that was I was saying staring at you in the title. face. Um, that was it. Yeah, oh, no, okay. that was it. Okay. I didn't want to. I didn't want to burn it before we used it. Uh, but okay. you know, now we're going to have to come up with something now. else. But yeah, he was Kang, something. He was Kang sold. He was Kang sold. Yes, yes. That's uh, uh, as well as well as well as as well as I should be for burning the one bit of wit that we had for our title. <laughs> So how dare I? That is it. Um, it is. It's going to be a hand turkey reference now, and you only have yourself to blame. 
And that is, it is, it is only, uh, yes. Hopefully somebody makes a Loki Turkey mm, that, that would be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like where instead of like, like instead of doing the one that's supposed to be like the, the rock symbol, like those two are actually the yeah, Loki horns, like, right? Just that, that like curved in, like, yep. 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 Right. I, I think that's like, definitely. I mean, if so, whoever comes into your office and say they don't have any ideas, so you just, we I mean, have ideas. Listen, we just came up with an idea. There's ideas are just falling out of the side, out of the sky, rather. Yeah, I mean, they are. They, although you know, that was yeah. a very interesting supervillain reference. For the, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll take it. I, uh, I think we need a break. I think we need some coffee, like urgently. Urgently, urgent coffee immediately. See you in a minute. Yep. All right. This is only a 10-minute break, but I now know everything there is to know about iMessage on devices that aren't iPhones. So mm-hmm. we got hit with some very exciting news that we're going to talk about. And yesterday or today, you saw the Nothing Phone story. So tell me about that. Yeah, so I think it was two days ago, Monday, Tuesday, there was uh, an article that came out. So there is a scrappy upstart out there. Um, the co-founder of OnePlus, um, Carl Pei, um, had uh, gone out to make a new phone company called Nothing. The word nothing. And uh, they launched the Nothing Phone, uh, an Android phone, last year. I want to say it was last year. And this year they launched the Nothing Phone 2. Um, I think that those are fucking cool phones. Uh, I, I, I We don't talk about phones anymore <laughs> because you don't buy anything but iPhones. So I, I, like for, you know, like phone fun. And so like uh, there are, you know, like outside of any you know, level of, uh, of, uh, fanboydom or, you know, or, or, or siloing or camping or whatever, like all of the advances and for quite some time now are all happening on the Android side because they'll just fucking put Android on anything, man. And, you know, big companies like Samsung making phones that turn in, into tablets and fold in half, like, you know, uh, uh, flip phones of old, um, the Nothing Phone is a kind of rectangle slab, but it's claim to fame outside of their heavily skinned version of Android, which has some very cool features in it. Also has what's called the Glyph system. So if you flip it on its back, um, there's a bunch of weird looking Glyph-like LEDs that are on the back of the phone, and they can be customized to be like these very unique uh not really like a full-on e-ink or OLED screen, but like actual like lights that are on there. And you can like set them up to do different types of notifications for different types of things. Um, and uh, it's just a rad-ass phone, man. Like I, I think the company is, um, if you scroll down the Nothing Phones website, is a little on the full of itself side with some of the uh <laughs> crazy everything's in black and bleached white and and these these like oh, no. forced androgynous models and like there's just i don't know there's like a lot going on that's like saying look the, at me the very first uh, image dude is the glyphs all lit up and an octopus just staring longingly at it it is you do need like a wayfish model wearing like something that's like like a plastic bag and just making it like art and looking very like disinterested at you like way too cool for you just like this phone 
that's it that's exactly what it is yeah yeah it's 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 tripped out in all that all that stuff they have it's absolutely as you know style company too like they they are selling a, a thing but i have to say the pricing for everything and they're they're kind of ahead of the curve in terms of you know like making i'm not gonna say the absolute like top tier but near the top tier of android in terms of specs and then the absolute like just like you know it is a brand it is a brand they like that apple had a brand and they're going to do a different brand but it's totally just another brand um that is happy to be a brand Um, these folks need to get bought or partnered in with teenage engineering that is the closest brand that i can find with what i'm seeing here and anybody listening to this needs to go to us.nothing.tech and like scroll past the octopus and there are just these two teenagers showing how it records video and they are not quite breakdancing they are just fucking (laughs) undulating doing their best octopus impressions like and my goodness my goodness yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, all, all that help to me say, feel like I'm not too old for a phone because that's that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling like I need to just go read a book. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, you're a fucking grandpa. You have an iPhone, but like, uh, but I just, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if you wanted something cool, you would get a nothing phone. It's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty you know they're selling a brand much like anything else. But all that to back up and say, a couple days ago. Um, their messaging app, the one that just does texting the way that many messaging apps on many Android platform phones do, um, that handles texting and now RCS messaging, which is going to be a topic we're about to get to, which is the evolution of the old, old 20-some-year-old SMS and MMS technology for texting. Um, Instead of just that, they are also folding into this the ability to send iMessage style messages to apple users um within the app and in what is suggested to be a rather seamless way um got to see a couple screenshots of this a couple days ago and basically what there's uh, there is uh to uh, do a sidebar here there is an app i had signed up for the beta for this app a long time ago still haven't gotten in because it's like a year uh waiting list so far but uh an app called sunbird and uh Sunbird is basically, um, they are making an app for Android that allows you to natively talk to iMessage folks um, and use the, all the, the bits of iMessage that everybody is so hot about in iMessage. The, you know, read receipts, the typing indicators, high resolution photo and video, et cetera, and so forth. Just the more modern texting that, that iMessage has, has supported, um, however, only supported with other iPhone users um and so this is basically bridging that gap so that it can be over an android for anyone who doesn't is listening and doesn't know you don't get native iMessaging in android that is an apple only technology they don't share that that's not an app you can have um in the android world today um there is increasing scrutiny there is some european stuff that i will probably punt over to you that um uh has to do with uh, apple's chokehold on a couple of different things um and uh in any case, two days ago, getting back to this, uh, the Nothing Phone and their messaging app is going to now, uh, as of tomorrow, this coming Friday, uh, the 17th of November, 2023, is supposed to support 
iMessage natively inside of it. Um, and it's utilizing that Sunbird app backbone um, to do that. So it won't be the Sunbird app. It'll be the nothing OS messaging app, but it will support native messaging to folks through iMessage um, via the Sunbird kind of backbone there. So uh, interestingly enough with that, um, I think that as that was coming along, there was, you know, some kerfuffle. Um, Marquise Brownlee, who I've, I've started following more recently, he's becoming kind of a celebrity all of a sudden. And I, I don't know if that's going to start poisoning his his uh, tech review stuff, but I have liked his style. You know, I, I, a lot of people obviously do because he's, he's getting a lot of traction now. Um, so hopefully that means it doesn't affect his actual ability to, you know, review and, and blog and do all the things that you know he has he has done heretofore. But um, he got kind of an exclusive with Nothing Phone and Carl Pay about this whole thing about, you know, I'm messaging on an Android phone and he asked Carl Pay point blank, do you think Apple is going to shut you down? And uh, Carl Pay said, no, we don't sell enough. Uh, it's not, that's not going to be a big deal. It's, this isn't swinging things. In his, it was about a nine minute YouTube video um, that Marquez put, put up, but it was very interesting. He was looking at stats that year over year, this is the United States, this isn't uh, global because the global picture is radically different as we know. But in the United States, um, Apple is rapidly approaching iPhones at about 50% market share um, overall in terms of phones. Um, so year over year, they're just increasing by a percentage point or two, getting closer and closer. They're at like 49 and change. Um, and then the 50% or so left is all of the other Android phones of every other kind, which means nobody else is punching at the weight that Apple is in America. The other stat that he brought up that actually kind of blew my mind, I don't know how vetted this was, but he did source it. So hopefully this is a, 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 a stat. 78% of teenagers have iPhones. And that's something um, because 78% of teenagers means that uh, that might just be everybody at some point. Um, so even though it's only 49% of all phone users in the United States, if it's 78% uh, of teenagers, you are their first phones and probably their second phones by this point, maybe even their thirds are all iPhones. And so that kind of momentum means that it's a very big deal. So the Apple is setting a tone here in America in terms of, uh, and I don't think that that's shocking. I think that they've sold a brand extremely well here be damned about their technology like they they have sold a brand here in a way that nobody else can quite pull off um and so while that is different internationally um it is a very big deal about iMessage in the United States it's a big deal so much so that Samsung Google they've 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 done little campaigns to kind of poke at Apple to tell them that they need to get with the program and drop the green bubble versus blue bubble mm -hmm. because if you're texting with somebody in Android you get a green bubble and it's like this exclusionist thing and whatever and you know Tim Cook made a big joke out of it when somebody asked him at one of the things and you know you should go buy your mom an iPhone you know and you know all that kind of stuff so um, so wonderful people, but all of that to say that today, today, and I will pass the ball to you. There was an announcement from Apple that says drum roll. Yeah, so not iMessage, but they are going to be incorporating RCS uh, later next year. Uh, so to get to the regulatory stuff, um, you talk about nothing phone saying Apple's not going to come after them. Uh, the EU had looked at um, gatekeeper services, and so they were looking at services like 
Google, Twitter slash X, Facebook, and they looked at iMessage that are services that are big enough that they're considered ecosystems on their own. And so, Hmm. you know, this is all part of the Digital Markets Act. And much like the EU finally forcing Apple to adopt USB-C with iPhones this year, the writing was kind of on the wall. They were fighting very strongly to say that iMessage is not big enough in Europe to qualify as a gatekeeper service. Um, Certainly in the US, you wouldn't have that discussion, but as they're approaching that critical mass, I think the thing is that there is only one iPhone maker, right? You know, with Android, yes, it is the only other game in town, but there are galaxies, nothings, uh, pixels. And so, you know, and they're just using a standard as it is. And iMessage is a single silo that has reached critical mass. And so the EU has been pushing to say, if you are a gatekeeper, then you have to meet certain standards of accessibility and um, free market and capital and like competition and all of that. And for messaging, having an RCS underpinning is part of that. So they're not getting a cookie for this and they did not get a cookie for USB-C because ultimately it's something that the writing's on the wall and they're going to have to do. Uh, the timing is interesting, uh, definitely uh, with Nothing Phone. I mean, I think it's probably more coincident because I think he makes a point. He is a niche lifestyle brand phone maker in a sea of phones, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. their announcement that they're using an already existing partnership with Sunbird to allow you to do this thing that you would be able to do on any phone once you do, they're just kind of baking it in to their primary messaging app. Probably isn't why Apple announced this today. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, correlation, causation, all of that. But I mean, it might be because it generated buzz, and you know, a lot of people said, it's "Sunbird, what the fuck is it? I can have blue bubbles." Uh, and you know, mm-hmm. I said during the break, I looked that up and saw that Sunbird is still using Mac under the hood and using versions of. There's an app called Blue Bubbles that uses um, Google Firebase, and then an app called Air Message, which if you have a Mac that is on a desktop. Um, you can sync it with AirMessage and do a direct like pipeline between your house and your Android phone. And in the 10 minutes of our break, I remoted in at home, popped that on my Mac Studio. They let you log in with a Google or Microsoft account. And then I actually pulled it because I don't, my Android phone is in my car. I have my Legion Go, which I installed Android on with Play Store, and I downloaded AirMessage from the Play Store logged in with my Google account and was sending iMessages on my Windows machine running Android using that app. And so it's clearly we're like there. And so if I did that in those 10 minutes just because I saw this story, that might be more of what Apple's worried about. You know, it's not mm-hmm. so much that everybody's going to run out and get nothing phones, but everybody's going to realize that there are apps and I guess nothing you can really do about it, you know, especially like with AirMessage. I'm allowed to have a Mac and I'm not barred from doing screen sharing or downloading my messages or doing things with those. So like I'm using your tools. I don't know how Sunbird is doing it. Yeah, you know, I mean they say you don't need any Apple hardware anywhere in your life and they're going to register an iMessage account and that seems somehow proprietary. 
in the sense that like so RCS would not be right being able to use RCS right. but they're actually creating an iMessage account for you so that mm-hmm. you know if you don't have an iCloud account or anything Apple in your life they're going out and provisioning it as though you do and so they're somehow spoofing the hardware to tell Apple hey I am an Apple user of some sort so I am entitled to register for iMessage and I don't know I don't know if like are they coming after nothing phone probably not are they going to come after sunbird if it opens up wide to android maybe maybe, maybe. Yeah, i mean like listen they thus far have been allowed to be assholes about this and i think there's a difference between forcing them into a standard and the legality of sneaking in the back door for their proprietary solution Sure. Right. And I think, you know, sure. as a user, if you don't own anything Apple related on Sunbird, the concern would be not that they're going to come after you or sue you, but they might just turn off and delete all your messages when they realize that you're not an authorized user. And that's not a risk I would necessarily take. But I think it's a it's a noble cause because it's bullshit that we live in these two silos. Sure. Um, but I mean, what's your take on the Sunbird part of it, the Apple announcement? Yeah, I, I think I, I I cynically think Apple is maybe not necessarily about the nothing, maybe a little bit about Sunbird, but I think more than that, I think this is their bare minimum. I think Apple has boldface lied to everyone by saying you should use iMessage because it's the most secure thing possible. And RCS has been around for years and they could definitely have been supporting it for years because RCS, like iMessage, supports end-to-end encryption. So they could absolutely have done this a long time ago. They, they, them saying, oh, SMS is totally not secure. You should absolutely use iMessage. And then the only way to do that is to buy an iPhone um, has just been a boldface lie. And it's a it's a very transparent and shitty one at that. I, I So I think this is their bare minimum. This is their, we're not launching iMessage anywhere else. And we're not interested in making this an open standard and helping anybody else out at all. We're just going to move the goalposts from the quagmire just to dry land, but, but you still can't come up to the castle, right? Like we're, they're just making it so that it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do more than just the lip service of, of we care about people's security and privacy. Um, so I think that, like, I mean, it's been it's been kind of an embarrassing joke that they've ever said that they cared about that because they don't. They they just want to sell more product, and so like this doing that. However, they're getting there at least does get us in that world because I don't like that. In order to talk to somebody on, like I have, and most of the Samsung phones in the last few years have moved on to Google Messages, which has RCS. You know, through what is it? Jive, Jive, I think is the messaging service or whatever it is. They're they're Google services mm-hmm. servers that are that are running uh, RCS independent of the carrier, um, and uh, you know, like with that, I now have the same thing in reverse, which is, you know, all the Apple people are worried about their green and blue bubbles. And now when I chat with people, my Google messages actually tells me whether I'm doing an RCS chat or an SMS chat when I, when I text with somebody. So wanting to have encrypted messages, um, not that I'm sending, you know, state secrets across text or anything, but like, you know, having encrypted messages, I think in this world of, you know, data privacy that we're all so worried about, I think that's an 
critical juncture that Apple has deserved to give us for a long time. And now I'm seeing it in reverse. Now I can see when I'm texting with somebody in Android versus when I'm texting somebody in, in, in iPhone. And now my most non-secure messages are actually going to be iPhone users. And so really that's where the squeeze is. It's that, you know, um, Android has allowed you to just download a different app and fix it. Um, I will also say that, you know, we are always American centric, you know, as Americans, you know, it's very difficult to not be that sometimes, but I will say that, um, it is fascinating to me, like what a storm in a teacup this is relative to the rest of the world, because every other part of the world uses WhatsApp. Like this is such a silly question anywhere else. Like people are like when you use iMessage, it's just silly in, in other countries, right? Like this, it's, it is yeah. like, just don't do that. Like you should just use WhatsApp because that goes everywhere. It's on every platform. It's already been and then encrypted for a long time. Like, you know, it's a silly problem. It's just one that, you know, is being kind of foisted uh, front and center. And Apple doesn't want to lose that chokehold. So, I, you know, so I guess ultimately that's how I feel about it. I, I think, I think the, the whole, the same thing with USB-C stuff, like lightning wasn't better than USB-C. Like it was just another cable. Everybody had to carry around, you know, like it was just silly that we got, you know, so, you know, lined up with this. Um, also interesting. We didn't put this in our notes, but um, the Qi 2 wireless charging um, support. Did you see that on floating around this week? Um, so, Qi 2 is actually going to support kind of basically MagSafe, but not call it MagSafe. So right. you'll actually be able to have that as part of that standard. Um, and all iPhone 15s are going to be Qi 2 compatible. Um, so like, it's interesting in yet another place where this is like a thing that like, doesn't have to be an Apple only thing. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? You can have an, an innovation here and you can profit off that innovation. But I think the, the, but you only buy it when you buy an iPhone thing has always been where it gets really stupid. And I feel like little by little that wall is coming down for them. I, I, I anticipate they're going to have to scramble to actually make more competitive uh, products pretty soon because all of these things are now like they're the, all, all the go around. They did win a pretty incredible battle against Epic with Fortnite, but I, I, I think most of these battles they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to actually get to the other side here for most of them. They're going to have to just capitulate. Um, because they did get too big and they've gotten so big that they're now like forcing people to buy iPhones or have a worse tech experience. And once they are starting to command the landscape like that, I feel like it's like something that they're just going to have to let go. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that politically and fiscally and <laughs> from a business perspective, because I do appreciate that they are, they kicked a door in that nobody else had before them. Um, even though there were lots of mobile phones before them, like iPhones, you know, did change things, but, uh, but I guess that's how I feel about it. Ultimately, um, where they're at, it's. Uh, I think all of this stuff is just they're they're getting in a lot of hot water now. Um, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, which is the nature of tech capitalism, right? Like you innovate something and you have a lot of success, and then at some point you get too big, and regulators come in and start ripping you apart. And I mean, that happened much earlier with Microsoft and Internet Explorer and. And the EU, or you know, the predecessor to the EU at that point, where they kind of had like the bundling and the Firefox and the Netscape like drop down when you first installed Windows. Uh, so I mean, and it's happening with Google and Facebook, and pretty much like all of these big tech companies get to a certain threshold, and then people step in and say, "Ah, that's too much," or you have to be less good at business and less big. Mm -hmm. um, 
So on the G2 standard, my understanding is uh, they actively contributed to that uh, and gave up a lot of what they did on MagSafe to build it into the standard. Um, so very much like they were involved in Thunderbolt with Intel and building that, and I guess, Firewire before that. Um, so I think that isn't so much they're losing something out to a standard as much as it was one of those areas where they saw a benefit to being part of the standard and part of the solution in getting there, which, you know, I mean, ultimately, what you don't want is for somebody to not use an iPhone if they want a particular device or particular car mount, right? Like you want your phone to work with it. And so being part of that conversation is still beneficial to them. It helps them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that their devices and their actual MagSafe are ever going to charge your Galaxy phone. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised if they did because their original wireless charging pre-MagSafe was just Qi standard. So they are going back quite a number of years at just being bone standard. And actually, even their watch uses Qi. It just has a unique shape. So it's hard to get like a charger that'll work for it. But they're not using anything like a different standard. So you can actually get a third-party pad for an Apple Watch that'll work just fine as long as it's shaped the right way. Um, but I think the overall point is, yeah, they got to start fucking innovating. I keep looking at that Pixel Fold and some of these devices coming out and thinking about just how fucking wonderful some of that shit would be. And I'm now interoperating with mobile apps and full Windows desktop apps with the Windows subsystem for Android, which is really a seriously underrated dark horse. And I mm -hmm. kind of feel like it would be in Microsoft's best interest to bury the hatchet with Google on that and officially just drop the Play Store in the Windows Store. You know, right sure. now, like they officially partner with the Amazon App Store. Mm -hmm. And that's neat, but it's a fucking anemic, one testicle, one leg, old guy on a walker of a Play Store. You know, I mean, it just, sure. there's not enough there anymore than partnering with Samsung for their like Galaxy Store would have right. been the right choice. Like the apps are in the Play Store and mm -hmm. you just need to be democratic with all of the baggage that comes with having opposing stores. You've got Steam, you've got all of these other stores that, you know, you're not getting a cut on, on Windows. Set it free. Like yep. these Android apps that I've been running, and I haven't done a lot of Android gaming, although mm -hmm. um, the Go in its um, Legion Go space has Android games as a front level tab and mm -hmm. takes you right to the store and has some optimization for playing those games with the controller support, um, which has a backdoor, its controller implementation. I put Google TV on the Go and some other streaming apps, all work really well with the controller. Um, yep. Which is really swell, but like I, I think just to jump in there real quick, there there is actually a beta that Google has already launched the Google Play games for PC. Like it's just an app, like you just download it on any Windows PC, and you can play games, not all apps yet, but games, any any Android game, you can just go get it and put it on. That's fantastic. That's a step in the right direction. Um, but this is another episode, so I'm not going to go too far into this, but I love having this handheld device for travel, and I hate that Windows is 
so lost at streaming apps. And that was one of the big things I was trying to tackle is to get like a good handheld streaming experience that had all of the apps and um, settling on Google TV, which has an app for Android that's relatively up to date, does deep launching of most of the apps. Um, I also was fucking around with Plex, the Android version, which was interesting because the universal watch list for Windows won't launch any apps from Windows desktop. It'll just kind of freak out and say, I don't know. I mean, you should watch that if you want to. Good luck. But the Android (laughs) version, um, like the Apple TV version, understands that, well, I'm on Android, and so you have these apps that are on Android, so if the app is installed, we'll just go to that most of the time. And so that version of Plex actually works quite well and was launching the Hulu launching the Netflix app because those are the one they don't play with Google TV. They don't play with Apple TV. Netflix does not want to be part of your laziness and trying to aggregate content. You need to fucking remember what's on Netflix and come see us. That's it. Um, but Plex obviously famous for their criminal disregard of copyright laws and what people care about. So they are not slowing the fuck down. Um, <laughs> Cash me outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, it was funny. I was reading about that. And um, in the fact, uh, one of the questions was, so how um, exactly does Plex know that something on my watch list is available on my friend's server? And they're like, we are not looking at your servers. we don't know what you have man they said like if you have something on your watch list your client will will pull the servers that you have access to in from the client to the server we don't have anything to do with that fucking we are not narking you we are fine like don't worry but it was like i hadn't even thought about that until like they put it in the fact like yeah man like how do you know what I'm doing in my own time in my bedroom with the shades closed, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, stop being so creepy, man. What are you, the fuzz? So I realized yeah. I totally side railed into that. The point I was mm-hmm. making with the fact that Android and mobile apps run great on Windows is that the idea of the ecosystem, the idea of having this locked silo that Apple does is going to fall away as a reason why people have to have an iPhone. And they need to get back to glass capacitive screens. They need to get back to doing things that are truly unique, knocking the cameras out of the park, pioneering new things. They don't have to be the freshest. Like They don't have to be the first ones out of the gate with a folding phone. They've never been that. But I think their DNA was always at its best when they put together the conversation ender of a device. And, you know, that really hasn't been the case since the early iPhone years where they just laid down their cards and said, yeah, yeah, we see what you were all trying to do. And here's an iPod. This is what you meant. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. here's the first iPhone. You know, sometimes that works really well. And the world is just lapping them because they're not doing that thing where they're catching up and taking the best of what's out there and really refining it. They're just kind of stagnating and making journaling apps and... We need better or we'll move on. Yeah, the the siloing is, I mean, I have hated it for a long time, but I, I will say that like, I think these regulatory bodies are actually just calling them to task now. And that's, it's, that's more than market pressure. That's just, you may no longer legally lock people out with your apps. Right? Like, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, pretty big swing. And I, I think it's going to be, 
Yeah, you're right. And like, what else are they going to do? And that's a tricky calculus. You're right. They've never been the first out the door in a lot of ways, but, but you can't wait too long. Like at this point, like there's been so many foldable phones that like, I don't really care what Apple does with a foldable, <laughs> foldable phone. Like it's what else <laughs> is it, right? Like you're not going to, what you're going to make it so that the bump is not quite as much of a bump. Like who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's not enough that they could do. They're going to have to do like, it's that much now that they're going to have to do something else that nobody's done with a foldable phone. Maybe, you know, again, like, like you said, with glass capacitive touch screens on the first iPhone, like it, I mean, fine, make it fold twice or make it fold, you know, 360 degrees or do something that nobody's doing, even though everybody has already done a folding foldable phone for years, yeah. that might be something, but they can't just come out with a, a, with a Samsung fold. Like they can't just come out with a pixel fold. Like that's not there. That's no longer sufficient. And that is kind of, you know, that is kind of been the discussion from them for a long time. Right. Like, and I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, you know, again, 78% of teenagers with iPhones, I don't know. Like they, that's, yep. it, it's hard to get somebody to jump ship. Like I get that. I see that that's a, a problem. And that's why I like these regulatory body, bodies stepping in because the, you know, once you're in, you, the getting out is fucking impossible. And so like them making it so that like stuff like iMessage, you know, like, like leaving your, your iMessage messages on a server somewhere and then trying to get them over onto an Android, you know, device is like, it's just like bitterly difficult. And I think those kinds of things are just really rough, you know? So, um, and I think they know that because truly if, and it's why they may continue to make journaling apps and do, you know, and add weird stuff like on device voicemail and stuff because they, because truly like if you think about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter slash X, whatever, if you log into your top 10 apps, you can do that on an Android phone or an iPhone and you can have all of your shit because it's not hosted by Google or Apple. Right. And so I think their whole idea is like, yeah, we really have to get them to stay because if the top 10 things they do are on apps that we don't own, then of course they're going to leave. Why wouldn't they? Let, let me go get a folding phone. I can do the same shit on that phone, except it also turns into a tablet. Um, so I think that, yeah, they're, they're, they have to come back around to something that's more innovative or, or the other question that I had, had raised a long time ago is why don't they just fucking put iMessage out everywhere? Why don't they just put all of their stuff out everywhere? If it's that good, put it out everywhere. And then people won't want to leave, right? Like you are innovating first on iPhone and then in three months we'll have it out on Android too, right? Like get it out there. Like fuck, charge $1.99 a month for iMessage access when you're on Android, but free on iPhone, right? Whatever. But get it out there. Like, put it out for people. Like, I mean, I think that it's one of the reasons why I love Apple TV Plus because I can have it on not an iDevice, right? Like, I can I can watch it on my NVIDIA Shield just fine. I can watch it on my Xbox just fine. And happy, happy to give them money, right? Like, it's not about giving them money for a good product. It's about just making it available everywhere. It's why I think Microsoft has been pretty wise to make sure their services are in as many places as humanly possible because, you know, A, they don't really have the same devices business that some of these other companies do, but also it means that you'll always have your connection into Microsoft in some way and they know that. Um, so I think that might be a good playbook for mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. You know, try to get, get these very cool ideas like iMessage and FaceTime, put them other places, right? Like, I mean, like then... A that takes the all of the 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 heat off of from the regulatory bodies because they can't 
get upset with you if you ship it everywhere. And B, it actually means that like your first on iPhone experience actually makes it great for everybody. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not running a multi-billion dollar company, so maybe I just have it wrong. But, you know, like I feel like the writing's on the wall. If all these regulatory bodies are just kicking your door in and telling you you have to share or change, then at some point that's not a good business for you anymore. You're going to lose a lot of money. You know, you you should make a better yeah. play call, I think. All, all of their moves into service Apple TV Plus, uh, iTunes, and Apple Music, uh, Apple Fitness. Uh, what else we have? We've got iCloud, and then you tack iMessage on it, and you could probably end up charging fifteen bucks a month for like the bundle for all devices, or maybe I think it's like ten or fifteen bucks a month right now, like for a full family to have like all of them on Apple devices. Add you know an extra. 10 bucks a month if you want non-Apple device access, you know, or whatever oh. you want to do. And, and includes iMessage. Like, yeah, like oh. I think I think it's coming because I don't think they have a choice. You know, if people can do all the same things with RCS, have threads, have reactions in line, have the full multimedia experience that you would get on iMessage between Apple users. WhatsApp uh, for every anybody signal if you care about security and iMessage doesn't have any special sauce anymore, then the smart offense thing to do is, well, if we're going to lose to people just dumbing it down for RCS, let's sell iMessage That's and it. sell it as a brand, sell it as a lifestyle and make that case. And I, I bet people would pay for it. Yeah, you know, like, I really like, would. I would, as somebody who has <laughs> been a card carrying, I don't have Apple shit in my house person. I would, in a heartbeat, you would, you would, I would, I would sign up day one. I would sign up for day one for that service. That is a fair price that gets everybody in, and yeah, absolutely subsidize that with an iPhone, right? Where you're right, add an extra ten bucks a month because you're not an iPhone user, right? Like, and if you are an iPhone user and you have all a- Apple stuff, you get a ten dollar a month discount because you, for all this stuff, it's sold, it's done. Right. And I mean, this has been part of their brand. And, you know, every now and then I get overzealous about it and you put me back in my place. WhatsApp, I believe, is free and mm-hmm. owned by Meta. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Apple has always beat the drum that they put privacy and security first. Right. And one of the reasons Siri sucks, one of the reasons is that it's always been on device. You know, Google is now trying to do more on device with Tensor and all of that for AI, but they've always been on device because unlike Alexa, like their stated belief, I'm trying to say, like, I understand sure. companies are going to act in self-interest and not out of any sense of altruism. Uh, you know, their stated thinking is we're not listening to your shit. Like you're, this is a service that you're offering. It's locked in the phone. We are encrypted. They are, in fact, very good at making sure that phones turn into bricks if your phone is ever stolen. Like they can burn that fucker forever, which helps mm-hmm. with theft. So there's some things that they do, but then do that, right? Like the reason you're charging for iMessage is because we're not reading your messages. We're not delivering you ads based on your messages. We're not doing any of the Facebook stuff or any of that other nonsense. So you're paying for it because if you're not the customer, you're the product. And so mm-hmm. I think they could make an argument for that and lean into that brand and do more things that speak to people who care about that. You know, again, whether it's somewhat tongue in cheek or not, everything is a lie from everybody all the time. It's just a question of which lie is the most palatable. Mm-hmm. And 
maybe that is the argument because all of those other services are free. And so who is paying for all of the developers who are working on WhatsApp if you're not paying anything? And dude, the the iMessage thing is the only one anybody would pay for right now when you yep. really think about it. It's the only one. And that's going to dry up soon. You know, At some point when the people start getting wise to the fact that there are other end-to-end encryption, encryption models, Signal's a big one, and and uh, you know anything that Meta's done with either WhatsApp or, or Facebook Messenger, all that stuff's encrypted now. Um, and you're right. You're sure. Can they all be lying and be reading all your shit and it's just a, a little lock icon on your screen that means nothing? Sure. Who knows? But also, you know, you can say that about all of them. So, like, I think the, I think the insistence that 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 Apple and the, you know, as much as I've poked holes in it because I don't believe they care that much about it if they were still only supporting SMS all this time. But, um, but, but also, you know, listen, if you that you have you have the floor, you have the floor right now. So now's the time. You now to pivot off of it, get some money out of it. You know what I mean? Like make iMessage the new Meta Messenger, or the new WhatsApp out there. You know what I mean? Like and and you're right. Bundle it. Bundle it with with those other services. You make that that bundle twenty bucks a month or twenty five bucks a month, and people are getting Apple TV Plus, and they're getting you know iCloud storage, right? Like get get people hooked into iCloud yeah. if it's that great, right? Like I mean. There's because there's a lot of that's you know iCloud's another app that's in a couple more places than just Apple stuff and that would be a great answer too. So I think them. I thought that maybe we would have been farther along in this conversation with Apple, um, given that Apple TV Plus really looked like they were pushing it into lots of different directions and they want to be a content company. They're pouring big money into being a content company as with Apple TV. Um, so I think they should just think about messaging as another content thing, right? Like just sell the service, get it out there, and it's you're not streaming the next episode of For All Mankind. You are making the best messaging app for people everywhere. I think that's a noble goal. I think it would be smart. You know what I mean? You can fold everybody's everything into iMessage. You know, open iMessage. Maybe you could then finally fund iMessage to do more than just texting and iMessage itself, but maybe also fold in, you know, open API stuff like Messenger and like WhatsApp. Like make it like, you know, Digby from back in the day or ICQ. Like make it so that it could have even more things. And then you could have all kinds of bubbles in there. Um, but I, I don't know. There's, you know, certainly some great uh, options for them. I hope to see them move in that direction. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, ended up having a much longer show than I thought we were going to, uh, which is good. Um, I definitely next week, if I get into it a little bit, want to talk a little bit more about all of this Android goodness. And was a bit of a nerdy setup, but I, again, I really like the idea of pulling mobile stuff onto a desktop. I think that's a missing, missing piece, and I see it with Mac moving more iOS stuff into the Mac OS. Important for Windows. Loving what we're doing with messages. Loving that RCS is coming, for better or worse. Um, also going to really put AirMessage through its paces this week, now that I'm a 10-minute expert on it. And um, you know maybe I'll sneak a, a used Mac Mini um, into your system and Probably also play a little bit with um, yep. Google Play Games for PC and kind of compare that with the full Play Store thing and see you know how they curate that and how seamless it is. Yeah, I would love to see that. Yeah, because I, I I think the way to make all this stuff work is to support it, right? So like, if Google Play Games is really doing as good, you know what I mean, and can do as good as possible, um, then uh, you know if 
more people are downloading it and supporting it, that just does better things to eventually make a Google Play store as a, as a thing in Windows. So hope to see it. Yep. Love it. So we'll do that um, next week. Sounds good. See you next week, everybody. Mm-hmm.